Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Let's talk about boundaries. Yes, let's talk about boundaries. Something I talk with my therapist about all the time. <laughs> boundaries. Mm-hmm. As defined by Dr. Brene Brown, boundaries are the difference between what is okay, what is not okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where are you in your life with boundaries, Mike? Um, when I think of boundaries, I think about like a work-life balance boundary. Like that's definitely something that is very present for me, especially now living through pandemic times and teaching in the spring initially, that boundary line was really blurred because it was just like, you're on Google Classroom all the time and you have to be checking things and like sending emails and doing things like that. I just felt like I was working way past what I would typically work like in a normal school day because we were trying to figure things out. Everyone was trying to figure things out in the spring. And so those boundary lines sort of blurred between what was work and what was home. Also because we were home and working. So there was like a really weird like boundary crossover there. So I think walking into this new school year, I really tried to reestablish what my boundaries were. Plus I was working again from a building. So I could have a a work and a life sort of boundary. That being said, still, I feel like as a teacher, there is this sort of constant pressure to sort of put more of yourself out than you have to give a lot of the time. I think that's a, an important thing, being an educator for 10 years, trying to find that boundary for yourself and like knowing that it's okay to take time for yourself. Your work is not your entire life. Stepping away from that is good. What about you? Pandemic has definitely taught me a lot about work-life boundary mm-hmm. and how I define it for myself and then also how to make it clear to others what my boundaries are. That's something I have learned probably the hard way, but it is nonetheless extremely important. I'm looking for adventure, I want to follow on the trail, or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails. Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun, there's so much to be done, and the day has just begun. Go where the postcards are real, you can feel, you can open your eyes, and open your heart when you gaze at the National Park. At the National Park. At the National Park. Follow you, I'll follow you We would like to acknowledge that while hiking in Acadia National Park, that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Wabanaki Confederacy, the Abenaki, and Penobscot peoples. This was our second 
day hiking in Acadia. Right. Second part of our second day. Yes. No. Yes. Our first day yes. in Acadia, we hiked the Skudik Peninsula. Yes. On the second day, we parked at, this was earlier this day mm-hmm. and in our previous episode, mm-hmm. we parked at Sand Beach, hiked up the beehive. Yep. Around uh, the bowl. Around the bowl, made a wrong turn and had to lay on our way well, to Hugo Not Head. We didn't make a wrong turn. We just kept going. <laughs> we went in the wrong direction, right. mm-hmm. had to turn around yep. and hike up Champlain Mountain again. Again. And then make our way over to Hugo Not Head. Mm-hmm. Down the um, Beechcroft Trail. And that is where we are picking up today. In total, on this day in Acadia, we hiked 14 miles. Mm hmm. In the episode prior to this, we hiked six. And in this episode, we hiked eight miles. Right. Originally, we were going to do like 22 on this day. And then I said veto. (laughs) (laughs) You put your foot down. Boundaries. 22 (laughs) flat. Sure. Oh, yeah. That's we could do 22 flat miles. Mm -hmm. But 22 miles with all the incline that I knew was going to be happening? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. We had just crossed the Park Loop Road and we're making our way to the Tarn. Mm -hmm. The Tarn is this pond that runs like north to south. Yep. Now, on some maps, I've seen it called Cromwell Brook. Mm -hmm. Cromwell Brook. The Cromwell Brook. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But on the map we had, it was called the Tarn. Mm -hmm. Right at the tip of the top of the Tarn, Tip of the top of the tarn. At the tip of the top of the tarn. Exactly. They were, there was some construction happening. (laughs) It's true. I think they were reorganizing some trails right there. Right. There's kind of like a juncture that happens like right when you pass the tip of the top of the tarn. Mm -hmm. And you can go to the left to go down the tarn. But then there's some other trails that like. That sort of head off to the right. To the like west or or north basically. We were heading south. We were heading south. Mm -hmm. So there's a detour. So you have to go around this detour, yep. which is mainly just like they've put like some boards down. Yes. You have to go along the board. Because it's it's like the edge of the, basically the pond there, essentially. Right. So. The edge of the water. The tip of the top of the tarn. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. And so we make our way around that and then we head off to the left, mm-hmm. which means we're going to go south down the west side of the tarn. Which is the cane path. On the cane path. Mm-hmm. Which is a fully flat path. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a little bit of like, I guess that's further down. Like once we kind of hit, there, there's a juncture, we do sort of like go up and down, up and down. Yeah. <laughs> up and down, up and down. Um, um, like it's like a little little kitty coaster. A little bit. Little it's, kitty coaster. It's not like yeah. a, it's not a big deal. No. At all. And relatively flat. Mm-hmm. So when you're walking down the cane path right here, you've got sort of like woods and like um the beginnings of the mountain yeah the slope to your right yep and then you have the water to your left right and you know one thing about hiking in acadia that we even kind of thought about in our first venture to acadia in june of 2018 and that we were warned about were black flies and flies this is where maxi deet comes from um and the citronellas and yeah. being like essentially right on the water here this was something that was definitely like a concern and we had a lot of bug spray with us because when we were in Vermont, we definitely had some issues with oh, flies. There were some flies yeah. out in Vermont that like just didn't care, no matter how mm-hmm. much bug spray you had on. Thousands so of them. We were just like hoping and praying that this was not going to be the case. It wasn't, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully. Right. What was great about right here in this moment on the cane path is that you can turn around and look up to the left and see Hugo Nothead. Yeah. And you can see the ledge up there. Mm-hmm. And we had just been there. And it had taken us about 35 minutes to get from there down to where we were. Right. Which you were sort of like, I think that's going to happen. You were like predicting I time. did. I predicted times. Right. Because you are the time master, apparently. Sure. Yeah. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And the then now. right here on the cane path, as you're like making your way down, once you get to the other tip of the bottom of the tarn, mm-hmm. uh, there is another trail there at the junctions. Mm-hmm. And that trail is the shift path ladder trail. Now mm-hmm. that if you took that, you could like head off to the right and take that up to Dora Mountain. We did not do this, but I am actually really curious about doing that next time. Mm, okay. Yeah. Because I Acadia mean, part three. it's a ladder trail, it yeah. sounds like. And I'm well, like, maybe. and Acadia does have yeah. some trails with some ladders. Enter the beehive. 
Yeah. Well, also, there's that some that we did the first time we were in Acadia. We happened upon ladders. Remember that? Oh, gosh. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, there was there were two ways. You could either, like, slide down or you can, like, go into the ravine oh, and take the ladders. Yes. That was, like, when we were, like, up on the high, high hilltops, like mm-hmm. the mountaintops, and it was gusty and stormy. Exactly. Stormy gusty day. Gusty and stormy. That's what I'm going to name my kids. Gusty and stormy day. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we did not go up the shift path ladder trail to Door Mountain. No. We continued on the cane path, which then turned into the Cannon Brook Trail. Yes. Because the Cannon Brook Trail sort of comes and intersects from the left when you're headed down this way. And then it just changes. The Cane Brook Path or the Cane Path is done. And now it's the Cannon Brook Trail. Right. And you continue following it. Right. This is where we start to get like a little bit more like as you're walking along. What's the other pond that's below the tarn called? See, I looked for this. I could not find the name. Is it just like tarn part two? I mean, there are other ponds after the tarn. Right. Right. There's like a smaller one. And then there's one that's a little bit bigger than that. Uh But they're both smaller than the tarn. And I could not find their names. Anyway, when we're here, we're kind of like, this is where it gets to be like, it's not as flat eventually. It's, remember, it's sort of like rocky, rocky. Yes. And like, you're sort of like up on rocks, down on rocks. It's right. Sort of, it's, you kind of like go all over the place here. This is also where you found out that your electricity was totally off in your building. And electricity. You had to... <laughs> <laughs> you had to arrange for like someone to like throw stuff out in your freezer oh, and like, yeah, because the you hurricane had come through. The hurricane had come through. There was no electricity right. in my building. I didn't remember this until now. Yeah. Uh, luckily I my friend, John <laughs> lives across the hall and right. he checked on things. Yes. Oh, but he wasn't in the building either. No, 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 no. Actually, truth be told, no one threw away anything in my freezer. Oh, when you I did returned, when you back. I saw that all of the ice in my ice bucket was just like had all melted and, and then, then refrozen. And I was like, all of this food is bad. Yeah. 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 It wasn't great. So eventually now on the Cannonbrook Trail, you end up curving to the right. Mm-hmm. And there's a few trails that juncture right here before we end up sort of like heading up toward the Cadillac Mountain Ridge. Now, at this time, we had just done 1.6 miles. Mm-hmm. So down the tarn and around the curve was 1.6 miles. And there were a few trails that juncture right here. Had we not had the map, this would have been confusing. Yeah. Just because things curve a little bit around this way, it's a little bit like, wait, which direction are we in right now? Yes. There was a family there that was turned around and confused. Yes. Because there are, you're right. There are a bunch of trails that come in, like one that comes in off to the left, which is sort of towards the road. I think they came in, they came, they were like sort of behind us and then they like turned up towards the road and then they sort of turned back around. They were like circling. They did not know know where they were going. Yeah. Right. And we didn't help them. (laughs) We did. We, yeah, they were ahead of us and they turned and they came back and then it was sort of like we made jokes about like, yeah, it's so easy to get turned around. And then they seemed to know where they were headed. Mm -hmm. So we didn't really, we didn't ask, but, um, I remember this area felt a little bit like a rainforest, not yes. like a real rainforest, yeah. but it had like canopy and it was very green. Yeah. And yeah. The light coming through was very green. Right. Like for sure. Yeah. It was a very swift change from like getting onto the Cannonbrook trail, doing sort of that like up and down on like those rocky areas and back into the, like the woodsy area that like was pretty qu- a quick turnaround that happened there. Yeah. Essentially, the Cannonbrook Trail does start to gain some incline, and we have to go up about a mile to get on the Cadillac Southridge Trail. Right. Now, we had hiked Cadillac Mountain on our first trip to the park. That, that was, like, was like the, the first, first thing, thing we, did. we did on the first day. Yeah. Right. Um, but I don't think we had come up this edge of the ridge. No. No. We didn't even explore this edge of the no. ridge, really. Yeah. This was going to bring us to a part of the Cadillac Mountain South Ridge Trail that I don't think we'd done before. No, because we came... Oh, remember when we got to the top of Cadillac Ridge, From we hiked up from the road. Mm-hmm. Then we went down into that like ravine which I can't remember the trail. Right. And then right back up again onto that mountain, right. like the other side of it. So this was something totally so I th- And I think yeah. it was the west side of the ridge that we did that on. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So this was the section we had not been to before. No. 
but uh, we definitely were able to anticipate this incline. Yes. Because <laughs> we had, you know, we had 1.6 miles behind us. Mm-hmm. And based on the map and based on the topography, we knew that it was going to take a mile to get up to the Cadillac South Ridge Trail. Mm-hmm. And that that was going to be the last bit of uphill that we had for that day. And with that, let's take a break. We're playing the vault. Great. God, I love this game. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Okay, here is here is your challenge today. Great. Um, this Make has got to be the hardest or the hardest vault you can come up with right now in this moment. Oh, you're not giving me no. Oh, it just has to be like a very difficult vault. Vault that Decisions. you have to very difficult decision. Oh, I have one for you. <gasps> oh, I have one for you, and I think it's difficult. Are you ready? Sure. I um, cry at night <laughs> because of how difficult this is going to be. Here we go. The vault. Mm-hmm. You have to put three in the vault. The rest are eliminated forever. Great. Three spices from your spice cabinet. Ooh, that's a good one, actually. Hmm. That's it. You only like, have three. All right. Wait a minute. So let's talk about this for a second. Let me define uh, spice. Right. Okay. Okay. I mean spice or anything that sprinkles out of the thing that you use to season anything so we're talking about salt and pepper too oh oh absolutely we're talking about nutmeg we're talking about cocoa powder we're talking about anything that you sprinkle on to other things Mm -hmm. it's all included in spices well salt ain't going nowhere (laughs) okay so you're keeping i would like get blocks of salt and lick them if i could (laughs) like a horse (laughs) get my salt lick on yeah okay so salt isn't going anywhere this is very hard. This mm-hmm. is a very, very mm-hmm. difficult one. I'm going to say chili powder because I feel like chili powder is good for a lot of like good things. Girl, ain't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. See, this is hard because it's like, you know, there are spices and then there are like spice blends like Tony Sachery's. Like that's what I'm like, oh shoot, should I have like taken chili off the table and done Tony instead? You're welcome. Because Tony is, I feel like sort of a catch-all. So chili powder's coming off the vault. Okay, and so Tony's going back Tony. in. Okay, great. Now this is where my dilemma is. So like I like baking spices are like I feel like a whole different category to me. Like mm-hmm. I don't love that they have to be lumped in with this. They're lumped in. Because it's not fair. That's I have a separate area Neither for them. Life. They are they're savory and they're sweet. So I, I'm just negating the fact that I will ever have anything sweet again. Okay. Um, I don't think sugar counts because sugar comes from a bag and I don't care what you're talking about. Sugar is often mixed yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sugar, sugar, sugar is, I wouldn't call it a spice because it's like a, it's a main ingredient. Mm-hmm. Just like salt. So I don't think salt, salt is be. not a main ingredient. <laughs> salt there is, is the no, there is no recipe that you make that salt. Like, please put a cup of salt in here. Well, Absolutely if, if not. If you're taking a salt bath then. <laughs> Um, and I, so I think the other thing that I have to kind of put in because I do love it, it's a weird spice because it's not used a lot is probably dill. Oh, so I Great. don't know what I'm making in my future. Dill soup with Tony Sachery. Great. <laughs> Popped in. What about you? What I are your think, spices? So Tony Sachery's isn't going anywhere. I literally carried around a small like a vial of holy water if he's trying to destroy (laughs) vampires on a daily basis well in college i brought it with me because i you know moved up from the south where everything tastes delicious Mm -hmm. there's just spice everywhere everything's spicy right Mm -hmm. i mean you can get it less spicy so i carried tony sashries around with me i mean i think there's a difference in like uh regional spicing yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i think i but the gauntlet has been thrown now gauntlet has been thrown (laughs) southern gentlemen over here well it's so funny because whenever people are like oh this is really spicy and i'll eat it and i'm like this is mildly spicy that's sort of just my palate for spice i guess growing up in the homes i grew up in right so I, Tony Sachery's always in forever. And because you're a spice girl. And I am a spice girl, mm-hmm. right? Um, Montreal steak seasoning. Mm-hmm. I will put that, I put that on salads. I love Montreal steak mm-hmm. seasoning. And then garlic pepper. That's God, fair. I love garlic I, pepper. I was going to say garlic powder for mine because I feel like that's also, you know, mm-hmm. put it on everything. You know what I'm surprised you didn't say? What? 
although I guess we could argue it gets sprinkled, but it's not a spice, is Parmesan cheese. Oh, yeah. Parmesan cheese is, I would say, a condiment and not a spice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I see how you worked your way around that yeah, one. <laughs> Parmesan cheese ain't going anywhere. Bro, <laughs> sorry about it. You got to keep sugar. I got to keep Parmesan cheese. Because mm-hmm. I eat it out of the bag. So we begin making our way up the incline on the Cannon Brook Trail. Mm-hmm. This is heading up toward the Cadillac South Ridge Trail yeah. or the Cadillac Mountain Ridge. Like yep. there's yeah, this yeah, yeah. ridge that runs along. That's what that trail goes along. And we have one mile to get up to the top. Yeah. And we know that this is going to be an entire mile of incline. Yeah. We have planned it this way. Get your calves ready, girls. <laughs> we have done a lot of incline already this mm-hmm. day. This is one mile. And for a long time in this mile, it is all forest woods. Yeah. And it is like just uh, logs, some stones, greenery. And there was, I think we crossed a little like brook too. Yeah. Like that happens. It was the for an incline. <laughs> the Cannon Brook. Maybe it was the Cannon Brook. Um, for an incline, I remember feeling like, you know what? This incline is not too bad. Mm-hmm. Like, which is always sort of, that to me is always a clue for like, don't get too comfortable here because right. worse things are coming. Yeah. So we're making our way up and like, it was actually, I felt like we were making good time. Yeah. And like we were like going and going and it was like uh, kind of a really good momentum that we had going up this incline at this point too we're kind of like i guess we're sort of like early afternoon maybe like probably like around 11 o'clock so the sun's a lot higher it is a warm day i mean it it was really nice in the morning and sort of cool and breezy i do remember this day sort of being much warmer and this is very telling because later in the day when we you know headed back to the car it was very clearly like a warm summer day in Maine because of the amount of people that were at Sand Beach, which we'll talk about shortly. I do remember just like feeling the nice cool shade in the forest. Yeah. And then eventually it's like, oh, there's nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And you hit this bald rock essentially. So for about 0.6 miles into this one mile trek uphill, it is forest. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly exactly totally the forest is gone you are now looking at bald rock and that bald rock is slanting straight up. Yeah. I remember getting to this point thinking like, okay, like that was fine, right? Like we just did that. Clearly we have more to do now. And I was looking and I was like, but I don't exactly know where to head next. So standing here in this moment, I was a little bit like, huh, okay, well, intuitively, It seems that we have to keep going. I don't exactly know how that's going to happen. Yeah. And then just faintly in the distance, you could see Karen's up this bald. And I was like, y'all, we got to go right up there. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. was the moment I think I looked at you and I was like, okay, well, this is required now. Yes. And I think one of the things I thought was like, how would you do this if this was wet? There like, would be no way. It was it was all bald, slick sort of rock. If it was wet, forget it. Like, N- yeah. I think most of what we ended up doing was sort of like doing a serpentine. We had to sort of like zigzag. We had our to. Way there was up. no other way to do it because, like, going straight up, like the incline. Just thinking on our ankles would have been like too intense. And also, yeah. like, it wasn't a. There wasn't anything to grab onto. No. There's nothing around. No. It's just flat. No. I mean, they did label this as strenuous mm-hmm. and um, for good reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you hike up a little bit and you do get kind of this like view above the tree line from like where we had just come from. And you do get a really awesome sort of view of Mount Desert Island. You get to see so much in the distance, like from where we had come from from the areas like earlier in the day. Probably we were seeing if we could look straight through mountains right to Sand Beach where we had parked earlier. I do think that this was like such a fantastic space to view the park from because it's also like it's not an unassuming sort of space on a trail. You know what I mean? It's not like a peak. It's it's just like you're on the incline of a, an edge of a mountain 
right? So that you get feels this... like a waterfall used to flow there or yeah, something like that. Yeah. As difficult as it was, that view was, I think, the most spectacular view or one of the most spectacular views we got that entire trip. Mm-hmm. It felt like we were so, so high up in the air. Yeah. And the angle at which when you turn around and look behind you, it's like, oh God, if I fall, I feel like I'm just going <laughs> to fall to my down. death right mm-hmm. there. Not to It'd joke be like about that. Leslie but, Nope uh, falling into the pit, essentially. A just kind tumbling. Of, yeah, just tumbling <laughs> yeah. down. And there, there would be no way to stop. No yourself. stopping. No stopping. No. So it was like, go very slow, mm-hmm. take very careful steps. Mm-hmm. How was your body feeling at this time doing this uh, rock face incline? I think it was just like we had to do that. We did sort of do that game again where we, what we did in Tamichi point where it's like, okay, we're going to get there. And then like, there's another point to get to. And there's another point to get to because it was just sort of like, let's see how we can do this together and keep our sanity (laughs) along the way. I guess this was sort of like the middle of our day at this point of hiking. And so I wasn't, super exhausted but i was just like well this is just like a whole new sort of treachery that we have to deal with right right now and so it wasn't like the most thrilling by any means but i I, remember i felt okay i I felt okay at this point yeah the thing that kept me motivated in this moment was there's no more incline today this is the (laughs) last bit of incline that you're gonna have to do today Mm -hmm. this is it like just make your way up through here were we done (laughs) so the other thing that was happening during this was there were these tiny little pockets of water like mm-hmm. areas about there were so many frogs right it there was, were frogs everywhere yes we which were hearing, i loved yeah. i was like you know we weren't touching the frogs no. or picking them up no because you should not do that no but obviously not we'd heard the frogs in cuyahoga valley when yeah we that were sounded like um, formation by <laughs> it does Beyonce. like it sounds like the opening <laughs> They're making the f- sounds from uh-huh. the opening of formation. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's like right on key. Yeah. When we get to the top, like you, there is a moment where you're like, okay, now it's forest again. Yeah. When we're at the top, I remember I was like, okay, we're sitting down. We said we sort of sunned ourselves for a little bit. Yeah. Like we, on the rock, on like the, the rock, top, like laying on the angle. Exactly. Yeah. And we were like, we're sitting here. We're going to eat some snacks. And we're just going to take in this gorgeous view. Oh, 100%. And, and that this, was worth it. Oh, that was totally worth it. And it it felt like what a payoff for not only the view, but also just like we made it to the top. Because I do think like thinking back about it, like and thinking about like treachery. In our last episode, we talked about the treachery of the Beechcroft Trail and like heading off of the slanted rock from the top of Champlain Mountain and during all that down through all that like treacherous like bouldery kind of crap that we had to deal with this was just different treachery this was like at the top i was like okay i'm tired now (laughs) like it hit and it was like this is a great spot to take a rest like and totally just like chill for a minute so after spending some time in the sun we do get back on our feet and then we go like the less than 0.1 mile to what is the intersection of the Cadillac South Ridge Trail. Mm-hmm. Now, I do remember getting up to the top of here. There was now some wind again. Yes. And there were more people. Yeah. We really didn't see anybody on this incline up. Really, we saw some people on the Cane Trail, like where, where the juncture was between the ponds, the family at the bottom of the Cannonbrook Trail where they were confused. We saw like essentially no one on no this one. incline up Cannonbrook. No one. And so you're right. Like once we get to here, we do start to see people coming down from Door Mountain. And this is where we make our left turn onto the Cadillac Southridge Trail. This trip to Acadia was during a time when I suddenly had a project that came up at work that was incredibly time sensitive. We had to plan this entirely giant virtual event. And I had negotiated to like be away and call into meetings when necessary. So I'd worked that out in order to do that. Now, this project ended up calling for more meetings that no one anticipated, this day being one of them. So I had been on all of the meetings that were required prior, but mm-hmm. now I had to join this other one. In order to do this, I called into the meeting, I could stay on mute, and I could just like have my phone in my pocket 
while we continued hiking. Mm-hmm. So I did do this as we started making our way down the Cadillac South Ridge I had Trail. had my cell phone in my pocket <laughs> and the other one was on my hiking pole. <laughs> Right. It's great. Exactly. For your parody <laughs> album. Mm-hmm. This section of the trail was entirely downhill. Yep. We were making our way toward Eagle's Crag. Yes. And it was 1.1 miles from this intersection to Eagle's Crag. And it's sort of like bald up here. There are some like intermittent trees. This is also great views. Like once we got onto this on South Cadillac Southridge Trail, you had a lot of like viewing space up here. So this was like the open top, mm-hmm. beautiful area yep. that's bringing you all the way to Eagle's Crack. Right. Eventually you do quickly lose views because the trees do start, you start to descend into like foresty area a yes. little bit, but it is pretty bald at the top for the most part for a little while. And this foresty area was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful. And it was like, the trees were gigantic here. There were gigantic roots and there was moss everywhere because on this trip to Acadia, the category was moss, moss for queen. days. <laughs> moss for days. There was moss everywhere. Mm-hmm. So um, we do eventually make it to Eagle's Crag, mm-hmm. which is... This is also, we are... One other thing to just say is we do see a lot of people up here. There are people yep. like around us. So we're mostly masked or mostly buffed at this time. This was before buffs were like, and gators um, were like, don't wear them. They're buff, not as great. We mean like the buff around your face. Right. We aren't hiking in the buff. Well, to be very clear. Some of us were <laughs> <laughs> in my nude bodysuit. In your dreams. Right. In the bar we go to right. in my dreams. More like my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Eagle's crag is like, just an, another small peak. There's like a loop there at Eagle's Crag. Like the trail hits it. It hits it like almost like a, a roundabout. Mm-hmm. And you could go either way. We went to the left and we did get a little bit more of a view. It was sort of like this open ridge. Yeah. There was a family that was like sitting in the middle of the trail and didn't really bother to move for us, which was kind of weird. Like it was like, okay, we just have to kind of get around you. There was like no space. Um, I do remember that like right there at the crag. Yeah. At the crag. The, the agro crag. The agro crag. Exactly. Right. I Mo got was the there. piece mm-hmm. and I made it my way down mm-hmm. and gave it back to Mike O'Malley. Mm-hmm. After leaving Eagle's Crag, now we're headed downhill more for 1.3 miles to get to Blackwood's campground. Mm-hmm. Now, this entire 1.3 miles was almost entirely in forest. Yes. It was more of this gigantic trees, moss everywhere. Yes. Trees down. I mean, there were times where it was like a little bit of like stairs downhill. Some like sort of wind arounds. Like I don't even want to call them switchbacks really. They no, weren't. Just some it was just arounds. like sort of like, oh, you're here and you have to kind of like wind down. Not too bad no. at all. No. At all. Because... Acadia has two kinds of inclines. You have, you know, gradual and you have like severe. Mm -hmm. And so if you take the severe way up, you can find yourself a gradual way down. Sure. You can also take a gradual way up and take a gradual way down. Sure. Most of the time. Mm -hmm. We had taken some severe ways up here Mm -hmm. and we're now on the gradual way down. As we make it through this forest area, we finally arrive at the Blackwoods campground, which this campground was closed. We had to cut through essentially. But we had to to cut through through the middle of it. Yeah. But this is where things got a little confusing. And with that, let's take our next break. Ladies and gentle thems, please welcome to the stage. Giga economy. Giga economy. Her first name is Giga. <laughs> Sister Her last Gigabyte. name <laughs> is Konami. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I know. No, her sister is uh, Dinah Konami. Dinah Konami, that's right. <laughs> right. right. Dinah. Dinah and Giga. Okay, so Giga Konami. Mm-hmm. All right. Who is this drag queen Giga Konami? Well, I feel like Giga Konami, even though Giga Konami is a, gosh, just Giga. Giga is a great name. Giga. Um, I do feel like, you know, obviously Giga Economy is Giga a- Pets. <laughs> do you remember that? That's Digipets. No, there were Giga Pets. Oh, were there Giga Pets too? Yeah. Giga. There were Nano Pets. There were Giga Pets. Digipets. I had a Tamagotchi. Oh, I wanted it. It died. Really bad. <laughs> I know you did. Yeah. 
I feel like even though gig economy is like a very niche word for this time in history, I do feel like I'm getting a very like 80s businesswoman vibe from her. Oh, I love it. I don't know why. 80s like, businesswomen. I, I mean, that fashion is unmatched. Like the shoulder pads. The shoulder pads. And the perms. And the very high hair. Yes. And I mean, and I'm thinking like up in the front and comes down to the side yes. and like a power bob. Yes. Yes. Power bob. <laughs> power bob. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, gig economy is a very appropriate for drag queen industry because yes. it's, it's all run on gigs. You know who also I feel like this I'm drawing inspiration from is Lisa Luna. I think that's her, the character's name from Romy and Michelle. She's the actress that also plays um, the the woman that is trying to marry Meredith. Meredith, who's trying. She's the one that ends up working for Vogue. Yes, yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's who I get that vibe from her too. Oh, interesting, because she's like a power boss kind of like you know, slicked back hair. Her name Giga mm-hmm. does sort of give me sort of like electronic mm-hmm. kind of. Um, but it's more fun if the electronic is like 80s electronic. It's true. It's true. You know what I mean? Yes. Like DOS, operating system, <laughs> sounds kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I love it. Yeah. I think it's a great call. I do feel like she's a DJ. <gasps> she she's is, a DJ She's a DJ. Queen. She's a DJ queen. Oh, I'd love also, that. Also, DJ Queen, welcome to the stage. DJ Queen, right. Um, maybe during the day, she's a high-powered businesswoman, and at night, well, she transforms into this, like, very, so like, she's 80s like a DJ. sort of um, gem in the holograms. Yes, exactly. But it, it's her real life. Yeah, it's her real life. So she is a high-powered attorney, or a t- attorney. Whatever. Business, business person during the day, mm-hmm. and then is this drag DJ at night. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That opens up so many opportunities for where she might DJ, because it may mm-hmm. not just be like a drag, you know, for drag shows, or she's a DJ, so she's wherever DJs are. Yes, and the song that she, she lip-syncs to is My Prerogative by Britney Spears. <laughs> Well, does she ha- even, d- does she lip sync? I think she maybe, does. I don't know. I think she does maybe some mashup like, lip syncs because she can. I mean, maybe like for a, maybe if she's doing a gig, if Giga's doing a gig at a, Giga's at a gay bar, maybe she will do like a number. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. She she also doesn't have to do a number. It's true. I don't think if she's okay. a DJ. Great. That's fine. What is her merch? Tamagotchis. <laughs> They're cheap now. Oh, interesting. I think but so. But could they be Tamagotchis that it's like... They're Tamagotchi drag queens. You have to raise them and feed you them. You have to raise Giga sure they... in, the, in the Tamagotchi. Mm-hmm. Make and sure then she thrives. Make sure she gets gigs mm-hmm. at different... Giga needs DJ, gigs. Uh, location, at, at different bars where DJs play. Giga's gigs. Giga's gigs. Mm-hmm. Giga's giga pet. <laughs> Giga's giga pet. <laughs> Exactly. I think that's great. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Gig economy. So, we get to the Blackwoods campground, which is sort of laid out in this circular pattern. And it's like concentric circles. So, it circles within circles. And within, within circles, circles within circles. It's like a, it's a Russian nesting doll of a sure. campground. Not all of them are represented on the map no and also this campground is not opened right now oh yeah it it was fully closed Closed campground yes but with campgrounds come potable water right so we were like oh wait i was you were like i was almost out of water (laughs) meanwhile i'd have a quarter of well because at this time we'd done (laughs) like 14 miles well 14 miles would be the end we were closing in on 14 miles i thought we did 18 this day no 14 oh we did 14 yeah so we were probably at like 12 this at this point. Yeah, like 11 or 12 and, right now. Um, so yeah, I had run out of water. So this is also the time when we had discovered the Crystal Light Squirtable. Oh. And I... I mean, you had. Some, you well, had like... And then you, you also quickly, got me hooked on it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, these are great for, you know, like bottles. Yeah, don't Obviously, put them in your bladder. Never, ever. No, how would you ever clean that? Oh, that's Well, I mean, you'd nightmare. clean it, but... I think your water would just taste like that when you refilled it forever. A water bottle is a lot easier to refill. Exactly. And uh, clean, I should say. So we were able to like refill there. But the way that things are laid out, it's like you cut across and you're like, oh, this looks like the outer circle. Oh, wait, no, there's more. There's more. There's more. Right. Because the trail we were trying to get through was basically the entire other side of the campground. And so we were trying to make it to the other side of the campground. But it was like... 
every time we thought we made it, oh, we didn't make no. it. We have to keep going. No. And it's like cut it just to cut across the grass from like one sidewalk to another. Yeah. Um, but eventually we do get to the other side of the campground. There is like a little bit of, we find like sort of a cut through trail. Right. That's like not marked, but it goes through the campground. And we basically take that until we have to get off of it to, in order to get to the other side. Yeah. So we're trying to find the quarry trail. Mm-hmm. And we do finally make it to the other side of the campground. And there is this building there. And it looks like... It was, I think, like a check-in for the campground, yeah. essentially. And yeah. there was someone the in there working. Yeah. Like, the doors were open. Remember, we're still in, like, fully pandemic times, obviously. So we passed that. And I think I would have, like... I mean, I feel like this is not a very traveled section of trail. Like no. we left when we left off of Eagles Crag, there were a few ways you could go, and this was one I feel like not a lot of people go. Obviously, if you were the campground was open, I'm sure it would be traveled much more frequently because you can go either towards Sand Beach or you can go back up towards Cadillac Mountain. Like there were a lot of options for you there. But I feel like this if I was working in this little building, I think I would have been startled when I heard our voices. Oh, I'm sure. You I'm know, sure. the person looked like phased by nothing right right yeah the quarry trail picks up or starts right near this building and it just sort of like jaunts out into the woods from Mm -hmm. this parking lot this quarry trail is a tiny little short like 0.3 miles that we're gonna walk to bring us to otter cove Mm -hmm. um wasn't a lot it was like a lovely jaunt in the woods there was a little bit of uphill here at this point, also, you had jumped off the phone call. I don't think it was because of reception. I think it was like, I'll just join back in, or you were going to dial back in when you could. Oh, I know. I think there was a break. Yeah. Like, we took yeah. a break yeah. on the meeting. And then I had to jump back onto the yeah. meeting again in like 15 minutes or mm-hmm. something. So we all took a break, and then um, we're walking through the quarry trail, and then we finally get to Otter Cove. Right. We kind of like come out on the roadway. Right. And this is basically what we have to do. And Otter Cove is like the sort of like land bridge right. between like the cove and then like a lake on the other side of it. Right. Which I'm assuming probably once freely flowed, there was obviously passage underneath, but I'm sure this probably was a construction by the NPS, I, I would imagine. Maybe not. I don't know. Things um, we could look into. Things we could look into. The um, But you can see Beehive from here. Yes. And this is also like a major stopping point for people to take pictures mm-hmm. and to just get out of their cars. Because yep. we basically are walking along this bridge and then we're able to kind of like scoot off the bridge and down towards the lakeshore. Yeah. Which on is the very, side. very rocky. Very rocky. But we sat down there for a little while. I remember I had to like speak up in this meeting for a minute or two and like make a plan. And I did that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we uh, continued on from there. Yes. Uh, We got back up and we knew that we had to get to sand beach, Yep, which was still like a mile and a half away. Right. So we got on the otter cove trail Mm -hmm. and it was 0.6 miles from otter cove to monument cove. And Monument Cove was on the same side of the, like, the shore as Sand Beach. Yes, but we were, we ended up essentially in a parking lot. Right, right, right. Which was not on the same side of the road. No, 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 no. no. But yeah, Monument yeah. Cove yeah, is yeah, yeah. right there. Yeah. And we ended up in the parking lot of Monument Cove. Yes. This was the tail end of this meeting. And, like, I had to, like, connect with, like, two people. As we were walking, we lost reception. So we had to turn around and I had to go stand in the parking lot to finish this phone meeting and mm-hmm. like make a plan. And then I finally got off of this meeting. And then what happened, Mike? I had a moment. <laughs> Tell us about it. So I think the moment that I had was, so when originally presented with this trip, you know, we, we were thinking about what we were doing, how we were going to make it happen. Obviously our plans had changed over the summer. So we made this trip uh, a point and to do this trip, we really were working with your schedule. We had been in New Hampshire and Vermont. You were like, I have one day of meetings is what you told me. And I which had is, to be at, again, what I was told. Which is what you were told. We got to Acadia and it's like you had to be on the phone like a decent amount throughout our time hiking. And you were able to like multi-purpose that and whatnot. 
I was like fully done because I think it was just like, we had also hiked for like 13 miles at this point. We were like within the last stretch of it. We had started on Ocean Path and you were like, no, 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 we can't. We have to turn around. I need to still be on this phone call. And I was like fully done. I was like, all right. So you got off the phone and you were like, is everything okay? And I was like, no, it's not. (laughs) And I was like, tell me what you're feeling. Uh I deserve to hear all of it. And you did. And what did you say? I said, I worry for like you, for you to be able to like take a break from work and to have boundaries from your work, because this is not what you told me as we were going on this trip. You said you had one day of meetings. I'm a little frustrated because like, this is what we were supposed to do together. And I feel like I've been doing a lot of hiking by myself, which is fine. But that wasn't the whole point. The whole point was to travel together because we travel together well and we're good friends. And I just like all of the unloading happens. Uh And I believe I responded to you by saying, I understand. And I gave you the full context of the situation. And I said, you know, I am not the only one who is dealing with, like with boundary things, you know, when it comes to this project and all of my coworkers who are also dealing with it, who also wanted to take time away. And so I was like, that is just unfortunately for right now, the situation, I was able to negotiate it so that I like, that could be the last meeting that I had to jump on, mm-hmm. which was great. And then I ended up being able to make up a lot of a time like later when I came back. It was a project that was really important to all of us. And we really wanted to like make it happen in a way that was strong and worked well. I no really chicken. did hear you <laughs> in that moment when mm-hmm. you were like, you need clear boundaries for yourself between life and work. And it was like, you're right. You are right about that. And I think that's, you know, I don't, I think that's something a lot of people, as we talked about during this pandemic time, are dealing with. Yeah. About how do I just draw the line to go like, this is when I'm not available for work. This is when I'm available for work. You know what I mean? And like trying to not just say like, oh, well, I'm at home and now it's my workspace and it's just like all happening whenever I wanted to. Right. And that I appreciate. I always appreciate when you share with me what you're feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. As do I when you uh, share your feelings. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we had a moment. We Mm -hmm. like... We we, hugged it out. We hugged it out. We talked it out Mm -hmm. because you know what? You got to speak up when you're feeling stuff. And I knew that you were. And I was like, I need to give you space to say all of this. Yes. And I needed to go, you're right. And I am so sorry. And this is the circumstance. And I hate that it's this way. Let me see what I can do about it. And was able to like, you know, rectify it for the rest of our time mm-hmm. when we were traveling yes. in this week. And at the end of this, we were able to, we had to then walk from the Monument Cove parking lot to Sand Beach. Ooh. And that was not the finale I think either of us were hoping expecting for, for <laughs> expecting or hoping for because... It was just, it was like... It was jam-packed. It was a mall. It It was was. a mall on uh, the day after Thanksgiving. And it was a mall with varying belief systems because while there were certainly people who were masked, who were following regulation and being very careful, especially considering that Maine was like the lowest state in the country for COVID infections. Right. There were so many people that did not have masks on. And it was like oh, you're on the path. Okay, I'm walking in the road. Oh, okay, now I can get back on the path so I don't have to like worry about being hit. Because also like the other side of the road, this is a one-way road, but the other side of the road is parking. Like people like people were thirsty for Sand Beach. Like It's clear thirsty. that like that's their beach. Yeah. You know, like well, the people Well, it's one of, the, one of the few beaches in the park that's actually sand because everything else is rocky. Right. Rocky. <laughs> um, every time. So every time. So it was definitely like, oh God, we have to dodge everyone. It was literally like a game of like keep away from everyone. Yeah, it was tough, but we did finally make it back to the car. Yes. And that was our 14 mile loop. Let's put the trails from today on the Karen Stone scale. Let's do it quickly. Ready? <laughs> Great. Here we go. Go for it. Cane Path. Cane Path was a two. I would say a three. Great. A little bit of rocks. A little bit of this. Five out of 20. The Cannon Brook Trail. 
The Cannonbrook Trail was a trail of trickery because it, it started not so bad and then it was like zoop incline. So I'm going to say a six. I was going to say a seven. So we have a 13 out of 20 on the Karen Stone Great. scale. That incline really like put it over the edge yes, there for did. us, I think. So, hmm. The Cadillac South Ridge Trail. This was mostly decline for us. And I'd imagine if you were inclining it, it really wouldn't be. I feel like it was very gradual. You know, like mm-hmm. it was, I think, probably Eagle's Crag where we started to really get the majority of our decline. Like once we hit there, then I feel like we were declining much yeah. faster. I'm going to say like a four in the way that we traveled it. Yes, I too am going to say a four. So Great. an eight out of 20. Great. The Quarry Trail. The Quarry Trail. A like, tiny little, like, I, don't I don't know, know like a one, one or a two. Yeah. A tape. Two okay. out of 20. Okay. Two okay. out of 20 in the Karen Stone scale. Great. Otter Cove Trail. Again, this is probably like, I, would I say do remember two or Otter three. Cove was like, it was 0.5 miles. And there was a little bit of incline on the way that we went. And I was so done with the incline. Did we also, I think we forgot to mention this. When we got to like the end of Otter Cove, we had to like drop down to the roadway. Like there was a pretty big decline there, right? We were on like a little bit of a ridge. Mm -hmm. So I'd imagine that that was probably like coming up. That might be a little bit of a a pain in the ass. I'm going to give this a three. three. Great. So six out of 20, Mm -hmm. Karen Stones. Great. Let's end this episode with some Jeopardy style trivia. Let's start with your category, Mike. Great. My category is based off of um, the tarn. And I found the phrase, what intarnation? Because I feel like that is a phrase that Yosemite Sam uses a lot. Like that's one of his catchphrases. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you, if a cartoon character could write a self-help book, it's oh. going to be the title of their self-help book. So will be their catchphrase plus a little like colon extra. And you have to name the character. I'm so ready for this. Um, this so is this exciting. is called what is t- what incarnation for 100. Good grief or how I overcame a woman who emasculated me through the love of my pet dog. Who is Charlie Brown? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. <sighs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got it now? I get it. Okay, great. For 200. Oh, bother. How I dealt with my lust for honey. (laughs) Who is Winnie the Pooh? That's correct. For 300, you idiot, my life with an absent-minded cat. Oh, no, I know that phrase. I don't know. Who is Ren from Ren and Stimpy? Ren from Ren and Stimpy. Right, Ren is the dog, right? Stimpy is the cat, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. Great. For 400... Thuffer and Thuckatash, canaries in the coal mine of my life. Who is Sylvester? That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Of Sylvester and Tweety Bird. mm -hmm, And for 500, I am vengeance, I am the knight, crime fighting behind the cowl. Oh my God. Crime fighting behind the cowl? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Who's Batman? Oh, great. There you go. Okay. So, <laughs> what intarnation? I had a lot like of fun that. doing that. That was fun. Mm-hmm. I really like this category that I've come up with. Great. This is called monologue moment because um, when I got off that phone call, you had a monologue moment. Mm-hmm. And that His means... His name was Peter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are referring to... Uh, difficult people. Difficult people right there. There were no women. <laughs> <laughs> right. A monologue moment always happens when a character is like pushed to their edge of something and they just erupt. And so that happened with you. So here we go. I have five monologues from the, because there is one person on television. I mean, there are many people on television who do great monologues, Mm -hmm. but one producer who just produces shows that always has great monologues. And that is Shonda Rhimes. The words from my lips. So is that what you were going to say? Yeah. Who else would it be? Who else would it be? So in this category, I'm going to give you the monologue from the show. Uh, Shonda Rhimes character you have to identify the character speaking the monologue and the show oh gosh I think you can do it great okay great are you ready for 100 the duke (laughs) 
You haven't watched it yet, though. I haven't watched Bridgerton. None of these are Bridgerton. I figured as much because you haven't seen the show. I haven't, right. For 100. Mm-hmm. The Cyrus Bean I know doesn't hide in his half-empty closet and wet his pants like a little bitch baby. The Cyrus I know is a patriot. He bites the bullet and does what it takes to serve the Republic at all costs. So I want to know right now, in this moment, who you are. Because the pathetic shell of a person I'm looking at right now doesn't deserve to stand on the presidential seal in the Oval Office, let alone tell the president what to do. Who are you, Cy? It's Melly. It's not Melly. It's Olivia Pope from Scrumble. It is. It is. <laughs> but Melly. Let's talk about Melly. I know. Okay, for 200. Think carefully. Everything after this moment will not only determine your career, but life. You can spend it in a corporate office, drafting contracts and hitting on chubby paralegals before finally putting a gun in your mouth. Or you can join my firm and become someone who is someone you actually like. So decide, do you want the job or not? Who is Annalise Keating from How to Get Away with Murder? That is correct. And she's talking to um, whatever his name is. I can't remember. Um, For 300. This is actually the monologue moment that made me think of this category. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I am vengeance. I am the knight. Here we go. (laughs) That's what I said to you. What about me? What about me when you go to the light? I get it. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. But what about me? So don't do it for yourself. Do it for me. Please, Denny. Please do this for me. Because if you die, oh God, you have to do this. You have to do this for me or I'll never be able to forgive you for making me love you. Please do this for me, please, okay? I can't do this if you don't. Please do this for me, because if you don't, please. This is going to be a guess. I believe it's <laughs> Izzy from um, Grey's Anatomy yes, yes. to her dying husband, who she got married to right before he died right in the hospital. You I just read an article about Katherine Heigl, like literally this morning, well, and about how she is like, I'm tired of being known as difficult and hard to deal with, and I was blacklisted because of that. That is not my story. I am moving on beyond well, that. So I support that from her. It's interesting that you said that. Not that like, not that she needs my support in that, but no. I'm glad she's taking control of her own narrative. Mm-hmm. Reclaiming my time. For 400, I am spectacular, but I can't compete with religious fervor. So no, I was not hoping that she would be blown up today. I am not miserable that she survived i'm celebrating because she still walks this earth she's still alive and as long as she's still alive well she's your flaw your achilles heel which makes her my weapon she's the strings that if need be i will pull to make my puppet husband dance so cheers baby drink up i live to fight another day who is Melly <laughs> from right. Scandal. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now for 500. You know what happened? No, you have no idea what happened. You have no idea what is currently happening. You're skipping around in a field full of bombs and mistaking them for daisies. This, dear sweet child, is what happened. The married man you can't seem to stay away from had me abducted and locked up in chains and spoke to me about the way you taste while he allowed the terrorist who snaked her way into my marriage bed to clear U.S. airspace. What happened was the man you screwed betrayed me by freeing the woman who gave birth to you as a bargaining chip. What happened was the man who defiled you also defiled an organization that I gave my soul to build. That is what happened. So who's Olivia's dad who runs B613 from Scandal? That's I don't right. know his name or the actor's name. His name is Rowan Pope. Rowan Pope. There you go. Mm-hmm. But you got it. That's right. Look at you go. Con- Monologue moment. Corn text clues. Corn text clues. <laughs> Thank you. 
This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about Acadia National Park and the other parks visited on the show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. That's gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram and on our website is by Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mary Ella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer was Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Monmouth County, New Jersey. Thank you.